Welcome back, everyone, to Two Spot Monkeys Live. Uh, this is episode 68. Happy to have you joining us. Uh, as always, I am Tom, and I'm joined uh, co-host, uh, anchor, not muck in the water, as we were talking about before the show started today, Jim. Uh, how are you today, Jim? I, I am good. Just to, just to double check, Tom, did, did you get released yesterday, or are we still here? Uh, we are still here. Um, okay, good. Good. I, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I've been watching my phone. I don't, you know. I, I think we should be. That's, uh, hey, hey. Uh, yeah, well, there's there's that. Um, I guess we could just jump right into it. Um, but no, I'm, do, I'm doing good. But unfortunately, uh, about eight folks last night uh, not doing so hot anymore. Uh, WWE, again, releases people. I, again, I, I will thank them for... Uh, bothering to follow our recording schedule and make sure they give us something to talk about um, the day before. But uh, I'm just clicking on the list because I don't want to forget anybody um, because out of respect to these folks um, who just lost their jobs, I don't want to forget them. Uh, eight talents, all main roster talents this time, uh, released again yesterday, Tegan Knox. How do you not really? Um, Drake, or just Tegan, or no, she was just Knox. That's right now. Um, she was just Knox in this last incarnation. Uh, Drake Maverick, again, John Morrison, Jackson Riker, Shane Thorne, uh, who, spoiler alert, used to be Slapjack in Retribution. Uh, and it comes all, back. Two-stop movies, Retribution drop, comes back. There it is. Comes back. Um, if I was Mason T-Bar, I probably wouldn't answer my phone today. But um, And all three remaining members of Hit Row, Ashanti, The Adonis, Top Dalla, and Isaiah Swerve Scott, all released. Uh, by WWE yesterday. Uh, Tom, I titled this episode Survivor Series or Hunger Games because it's starting to feel that way. Uh, WWE has released, you and I were just talking about this before we clicked record, uh, PW Insider put up a list yesterday of 82 talents. It really be 81 because Big Show is listed um, and it mentioned that his contract expired. 81 talents they've released in 2021. That does not include, again, Big Show, uh, people who have left when their contracts expired. Big Show, Adam Cole, Daniel Bryan, uh, Christian, Mark Henry, uh, and Henry wasn't working in the ring, obviously, and Christian only worked a little bit. 81. That's more than one a week. It's like one and a half a week, roughly. Um, probably close to two a week, actually, because, well, there's 52 weeks in a year. We're still six weeks, five, six weeks out from the end of the year. It's like two a week on average without doing the math. That's, you know, again, crackpot research team. Um, I don't know. We won't spend a ton of time probably on this today, Tom, but what was your thought when you saw these eight names? Um, so I want to preface what I'm going to respond with by saying I have really, and, and if you've listened, uh, uh, listeners, um, over the last number of weeks, I've got a really sour taste in my mouth about WWE, and this doesn't help uh, change that at all. It also just makes me go, what in the absolute heck are they are they doing? And you know, and I saw I think it was Sean Ross Sapp on Twitter commented that John Laurinaitis justification or reasoning for these were budget cuts. Sometime that's that that narrative is gonna have to stop. Uh, and especially when it's been able to be proven that it's that's that it's false. Because it, when you have when you're a publicly tr publicly traded company, 
and I don't even pay attention that closely to this stuff, but I just know that like when I do have like the quarterly calls and I talk about the profits and the money, they're not hurting. And so carrying these talents. Well, they're reporting record, record profits. There you go. So I just, I'm at a loss. I, 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 there's going to be a lot of these talents that really land somewhere well. And, and, and really, again, I, I hope there, I hope there's a fire under all of these guys and gals, plus the ones that were before them to just tear it up wherever they land. We talked about it too, though, that the, the scary part is like, what is, what is the landing spot going to be? Um, and that's going to, we won't, we won't know until 2022. For for the most part, I think with a lot of these folks, because these are yeah, these would all be main rosters. They should all have ninety day unless you know WWE screwed up with like Hit Row or somebody. But yeah, I I mean I I can't wait to see uh, Shane Strickland really really be used to his fullest potential. I am surprised. I think the biggest surprise for me here is AJ Francis top dollar. You know, in my opinion why you would not slot him into being a commentator on NXT. You have to think he's cheaper than, than Wade Barrett, nothing against Wade Barrett, but doesn't, doesn't, doesn't do it for me. Um, AJ Francis proved that he could talk. He was on that, um, the, the show that was on A&E about finding the, the relics of, of WWE past guy clearly has the ability to, to speak and be articulate. I thought he was fine in, in, in hit row, the whole the whole idea behind Hit Row it was one of the more over more popular things in my perspective, and in the matter of 120 days, it goes from being featured on NXT to non-existent whatsoever. I I'm I'm I'm, I'm flabbergasted. Um, yeah, Hit Row is obviously the the one that that blows my mind a little bit. Um, I'm actually just looking here real quick, Tom, because I think, you know, you said within 120 days, Swerve lost that title, the North American title, June 29th. No, I lied. October 12th. He won it June 29th. Sorry. I knew that didn't sound right when I said it. October 12th. A month ago, he was on NXT and hit row... And and maybe they were just starting to be phased out because you know, the 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 uh, draft I think had happened. I think they had already been called up. So, anyways, but a month ago, a little over a month ago, six weeks ago, so not even 120 days ago, like six weeks ago, they were a featured act on NXT. They got brought up and and kind of made to be a big deal they didn't put him right into a big program but they they gave him a big promo you know made it seem like it was a big deal they were coming um i you know they were going to feud with it looked like ginger mahal and shanky um you know they still have jobs so that's that's good i mean at least ginger shanky and veer really <laughs> swerve doesn't have a job and these guys do um boa has a job Saruv, the other half of Veer, or no, um, yeah, Veer was was the other half of Indusheer, um, and Saruv or or whatever I can't say his name right, but uh, he he still has a job. So, I, and I, and I don't mean to sound like I want those people to lose their jobs either. 
but it just baffles me when you're running an entertainment company that happens to do pro wrestling or a pro wrestling company or whatever you want to call yourself. Um, how do you not find ways to use talented people? Like, I just don't grasp it. And yet, Von Wagner is, seems like he might get moved to SmackDown um, because he's Adam Pierce's bodyguard. And instead of putting him in a tag team that means nothing with a guy who should be in the NXT title picture, um, instead of in a tag team that means nothing, you might move him to SmackDown. Good luck, buddy, because they don't know how to use NXT talent. I, the worst part is I'd rather see Von Wagner go to SmackDown than Kyle O'Reilly. Because at least when they misuse him, it's Von Wagner they're misusing and not Kyle O'Reilly. Like, that's how I want to see call-ups now. Call up the crappy workers, because at least I won't get ticked off when you don't use them right. Um, yeah, and, and I agree with you. AJ Francis, top dollar. Now, maybe maybe this will be a Samoa Joe kind of thing, and they release him from his... Well, Joe ended up coming back as a performer, so this isn't going to be a total apples-to-apples apples comparison. But maybe they release him from his performer contract, and maybe they do bring him back as an as an announcer or as an on-air personality, which I assume would be a lower priced contract. Um, maybe that's a possibility for him. Dude had a ton of charisma and I didn't think he was bad in the ring. Looked better than when almost started in the ring. I mean, so yeah, do you think he definitely had potential? Yeah. He was green. He was still learning, but you, you were the ones that chose to bring him up um, or, and put him on smack or put him on NXT when you did. So a ton of, ton of charisma surprised by that one. Well, and, uh, and, and one more thing, nothing against the coaches, because I think the coaches are really talented, but there's something that's wrong in the performance center system for WWE that, that, that's clearly obvious. Um, and again, this is again enough. Who knows what we will get eventually from the Von Wagners and the Braun Breakers of the world. That being said, like the talent that means anything are guys that they signed off the indies over the last six to eight years and many of them are either not there anymore or or they're gone or they're middling on the main roster or they're counting their days before they leave i.e kevin owens i don't right. know i you know um annette just made a comment that the nxt north american title is cursed i mean hard to argue that let me just run down the list of champions real quick let's play you know the game here adam cole in AEW, ricochet not doing anything on the main roster. Johnny Gargano might be leaving in the next few weeks. Um, I haven't heard anything new on that status. Velveteen Dream gone, which good, good reason. Uh, Roderick Strong, okay, being used still well on NXT, I would say. Um, so probably the one of the maybe two shining examples that it's okay. Uh, Keith Lee gone. Damian Priest, okay, Damian Priest being used fairly well on, on Raw. I think I heard Sean Ross Sapp, I think it was him to say, um, I don't think Damian Priest has taken a singles pinfall loss since he came to the main roster. I haven't looked that up to see if it's totally right, but they protected him pretty well. Um, Johnny Gargano, again, second win. We talked about him. Leon Ruff, gone. Johnny Gargano for a third time. Bronson Reed, gone. Swerve, gone. And now Carmelo Hayes. Now, Carmelo Hayes, I think has a chance, but again, I would have thought all those other people had chances too when they won it. Um, I've heard Shawn Michaels is really high on Carmelo Hayes, which should mean something, but again, like you said, there's something wrong in the system because the Performance Center is supposed to be getting people ready for main roster status. 
and clearly there's a disconnect. Now, maybe with the change in leadership and Triple H not being as involved day to day, um, and some of that because of his own health issue that he had uh, a couple of months back, and get well soon, Triple H. Sounds like he's recovering well, and I, I hope he is. Um, it also sounds like his in-ring career might be over. And well, I'm not upset about that because I don't think he'd been very good in the ring over the last number of years. I'm I'm sorry that it happens due to you know a health reason and a cardiac issue. Um, but I hope hope he's well. Um, but I enjoyed what he did with NXT. It's obviously taken a massive shift shift there is an f in there um although it's taken the other thing as well um <laughs> to go to nxt 2.0 um i i don't know it'll be interesting to see a year from now like are the anybody they they've developed they develop on 2.0 and they bring up what is that any better do they do any better with it because they're more vince's style quote unquote um von wagner's and the braun breakers although i think breakers got a chance to be a star if they change that stupid name. Um, I don't know. It, it, it's kind of like I'm just not even shocked anymore. It used to be when I'd see tweets, you know, that so-and-so got released, I'd start searching for, you know, confirmation from a Sean Rassap or a PW Insider or Dave Meltzer or somebody. I, now I just read it and go, oh, okay, that happened again today. Cool. Um, now, granted, the, the first... I saw that was when our friend Annette posted it, a picture of the tweet from Sean Ross, Sean Ross Sapp um, in our friends group. And um, that, that immediately tells me, you know, it's probably legit because he's not a, uh, he's not a news with a Z kind of guy. So uh, I don't know. It just, it baffles me that they have that much talent they've let go. And like you said, where do they all land? Because AEW can't sign everybody. We've talked about this before. Um, honestly, out of that group, Swerve is probably the only one, maybe Tegan Knox, um, because I don't think they can, they've got a really nice women's division built in AW, but I don't think adding a few more pieces is ever a bad thing in the women's division. Um, I don't know if any of those other names, and Morrison maybe goes to Impact, um, back to Impact, I guess, um, or goes and works in Mexico. I did see uh, Ty Valkyrie, formerly Frankie Monet, uh, posted last night, yo, F them. Um, on Twitter, and then also said, stop supporting a company that doesn't support its talent. Um, so clearly, Taya, not real happy. Uh, but then again, she lost her job two weeks ago, and her husband lost his job yesterday. So, And I was surprised that he was still there. And uh, granted, this is not, who knows what the backstory is. They could have done both at the same time, and then they would have looked really heartless. They didn't. Uh, right. And, whether, and, and, and I don't even give WWE enough credit to go. They knew that they were going to cut John Morrison two weeks ago. No, I, I think yesterday when they were cutting people, they went, oh, Morrison still works here. Put him on the list, too. Um, I think they probably thought they cut him two weeks ago. Um, yeah. And, and granted, I mean, for them personally, I mean, I'm sure they're doing fine or I hope they're doing fine. Um, you know, Monet is, is only going to have 30 days that she gets paid. Um, Morrison should get 90, obviously, because he was the main roster talent. So, but uh, I don't and, know. And, and with all due respect, I'm going to guess that John Morrison probably was making some some sort of six, uh, a salary that had six figures to it. And I know that they're independent contractors. They're I think most main roster are. Right. If you manage your money well, and he's a veteran at this point, so you would think that he would. Again, I, yes, I agree losing your job sucks, but if I had the opportunity for three to five years 
to make a six-figure salary and I was, it was choosing to live in my means, losing my job wouldn't be the, the last, the, 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 the straw that breaks the camel's back. Well, yeah, and let's be honest, John Morrison will be able to find work in 90 days if he wants to. Um, and heck, if he's done well enough, and like you, to your point, if he's financially been smart, WB seems like they've been fairly willing to let people out of those 90 days. I mean, it means they don't have to pay him for 90 days. And and John Morrison, let's be honest, they've treated him so poorly in WWE that it's not like he's going to be a huge needle mover anyways. Um, you know, Johnny Dynamite showing up on AEW um, because he has to change his last name every company he goes to. Um, yeah, I just, I, I think Morrison will be fine. I think Morrison will be fine. I think Swerve will be fine. He'll find plenty of work. MLW is probably falling over themselves to try to get him back to work for them some, um, you know, impact. I think would love to have Shane Strickland. Um, I, I think AEW would, I, I do. I think, you know, I I'd rather see Sammy Guevara versus Shane Strickland than Jay lethal to be perfectly honest, but we'll talk about that a little later on. Um, although from what I've heard, that match was very, very good. Um, but, but if you just said here, pick one of these two matches without seeing them, are you more interested in Sammy versus Strickland? Or are you more interested in Sammy versus Lethal? I'd pick Strickland without even hesitating. And that goes for a lot of people. I I I think Strickland is one of the, and I don't know, maybe, maybe there's an attitude issue in the back. I don't know. But I feel like Strickland's one of those guys who every time I think he's going to really get a chance, something happens and he moves companies or, or things. I mean, he was the Evolve champion. He was the Evolve champion, wasn't he? Um, he was Evolve champion. He was MLW champion, but I just feel like he's never quite exploded the way that I feel like he can. Um, I don't know. Well, Tom, we spent 18 minutes on that, which is about 16 more than I thought we might spend on it. So, um, we're going to switch up the order on the way we usually do things. Usually we'll end with head to head and we do have head to head picks to make for survivor series, but rather than sandwich AEW in the middle of two crabby buns of WB releases and uh, survivor series, we're going to go ahead and do survivor series head to head picks first. Then we're going to end with AEW conversation, um, which maybe will end us on a high note. I don't know. I feel like it could. Um, so head to head, Tom and I last made our picks last week for full gear. Uh, I was eight and two on those picks, and Tom was seven and three. Um, our one difference that we had was the Hangman Page Kenny Omega match, which uh, I was right. Hangman Page won. Uh, so the other two that we missed were the Falls Count Anywhere match, and what was the other one we missed, Tom? Do you remember? It was the uh, Super, yeah, Super Click uh, Jurassic Christians match and uh-huh. um, the tag match. Oh, the Cody, yeah, yeah, the Cody Pac, uh Malachi Andrade match. That's right, which is going to get a rerun here with uh, an eight man tag next week, which I think will be really fun. Um, so, so that was how the head to head shook out. So, I have a one match lead with uh, counting today's picks for Survivor Series three game, three games, three shows to go uh, Survivor Series, War Games, and then Final Battle uh, for Ring of Honor, which is War Games is going to be a little bit of a crapshoot, I feel like, uh, because. Well, the women's match uh, seems to mostly get set up. I know you haven't seen NXT yet, so I'll just tell you that. Seems to mostly get kind of fleshed out. Uh, the men's, I still have no earthly clue what the world they're going to do for. Um, maybe you'll have a better idea after you see NXT, Tom. Um, maybe you can 
read the tea leaves better than I can on that because I don't have a clue. Um, but we'll see. That should hopefully come together next week, I would assume, because they're only a couple of weeks out from that. And then final battle, as we said, is going to be a, a very different set of picks because often we're looking at what's going to happen next influencing our picks and and that's not going to be the case in final battle well maybe um i I think there's gonna be very interesting conversation when we make our picks for final battle but that's about a month away yet a little less than a month away so let's start with survivor series tom you're gonna get the first pick because uh i'm winning i might say um and by the way uh we also do a a head-to-head fantasy football bet i guess we should just spread the word that uh i've already won that too this year so (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which has been a little while since I've been able to say that. So it just feels good to finally get a W. Yeah. You the let the record show Jim Fields chases Tom Bobo out of the fantasy, uh, the fantasy sports world. <laughs> well, I hope I don't chase you totally out of the fantasy sports world. Um, that's, that's, that's the headline, that's the, that's the headline, but it's like, it's like the gregarious headline to draw somebody in. Right. Yeah, Clickbait. Not, not, Clickbait. Yeah. That's what it is. There, that's what, that's the word I was looking for. Yeah, I and this is going to be tough because like a Survivor Series is weird because it's these like battle for brand supremacy. Well, you first have to care about the brands, so that's 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 the first that's the first problem. Uh, Well, and when you battle for brand supremacy a month after you do a draft and move people onto new brands, why do they give a crap about brand supremacy? Well, and what's on the line, right? Again, I don't. We're going to talk about that as we go on because yeah, that is a huge problem with the way they've done Survivor Series for the last four, five, six years, something like that. At least the year that they did the NXT thing, there was the kind of young upstarts versus the grizzled veterans kind of thing. Um, So that, while there weren't stakes necessarily, it felt like there was something with that year. And then they never did that again. So why, why would you want to do something that actually worked and made people interested? Silly me thinking that's a thing you want to do. Well, let's start uh, with, you know, we've got a whole bunch of non-title matches, champion versus champion non-title matches. We'll start with the U.S. title versus the Intercontinental title. Damian Priest, the U.S. champ, uh, takes on Shinsuke Nakamura, who uh, I posted this in our group group of friends. Since Shinsuke won the title uh, 200 days ago, something like that. I can't remember the number now. I'd have to look it back up. He has defended the title one time on TV. From a pure title or t- talent versus talent standpoint, this is one of the top two matches I'm looking for uh, uh, forward to on this show. I don't have high hopes for WWE, so I have to preface that uh, statement with that um, as well. Damian Priest is my pick here. I would <laughs> the way that WWE books Shinsuke Nakamura is atrocious and disappointing. I think these guys can kill it on Sunday. I hope they do. One of the, as much as I'm not eager about this show, period, point blank, like you, you're really like either listening or feeling today as you watch or listen to us. My struggle in in just even caring about this show. I am interested though that it's going to happen in Brooklyn. I think the Brooklyn crowd will be loud and energetic, and that that's that's a reason why I do want to watch this. Uh, event. I may not watch it Sunday night. I also may. Um, I don't I don't know. I, I may I may wait until Tuesday uh, because of the holiday next week. I'm taking a lot of time off of work. Um, so I, I may just 
wait until Tuesday and try to stay off all social and then just watch it clean on Tuesday morning as I wake up and just don't have any obligations other than pro wrestling. Absolutely. Um, yeah, Priest is going to be my pick here too. As I mentioned, Priest, you know, from what I, the stat I heard is he hadn't lost a singles match. Uh, I was going to look that up and I, I didn't, but um, but they have protected him really well. And I agree with you. The way they book Shinsuke has been, I forget that he's Intercontinental Champion, partially because he never defends it and partially because they just don't book him as important. And I was surprised when he re-signed a year or two ago, um, although that might have been in the time frame where they were just signing everybody to kind of big money deals. And maybe it also for Shinsuke, if he wants to stay here in the U.S., uh, which I think, I want to say his wife is a U.S. citizen, but I, I could be totally wrong about that. Um, but, you know, if he wants to stay here in the U.S., and, and depending on his immigration status, it certainly is easier if you're not a citizen to have a job. And we've seen that, um, you know, with, with Jonah or Bronson Reed and Buddy Murphy, Buddy Matthews, um, the inspiration, them all having to get those kinds of things worked out um, after their release. So maybe leaving isn't necessarily the easiest thing for Nakamura, but I was a little surprised he didn't uh, when he had the chance a year or two back because they just haven't booked the guy. They, they booked him okay coming in, and then, as usual, just kind of, he's a kind of a slightly more important comedy character um, with Rick Boogs. Um, and, you know, whatever, Boogs has some charisma, but Shinsuke should be a strong style, you know, tail kicker, and he's not. Priest on the other well, side. We were talking. I'm sorry. We were talking before we we hit record about when the last time was we went to shows, and you had mentioned 2016 in Dallas for you. And yeah. I just so talking about Shinsuke Nakamura makes me fall back to there because I remember the takeover in Dallas when he debuted and against the match against Sami Zayn. And I know a lot can happen in five years, and a lot has happened in five years. But the idea that, like, the energy in the bottle around him then, um, and, and again, it wasn't like that was the peak, because there were a lot of more things that followed his time in NXT. Right. On the Royal but Rumble. That, and... But that's, that's, that's the type of thing that you could have. Like, that, could, that could be sustainable, and WWE just doesn't do that. No, they don't. Um, they just don't care to. Um, and I am just scrolling real quick here. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Priest has not lost a singles match um, on the main roster. So impressive. And I don't think this is the place you do it. Um, I, I think when you take the U.S. title off Priest, it's only to elevate him potentially into the main event level. Um, and and I don't see that happening he, I mean, he's not going to lose the title anyways. It's a non-title match. So I don't waste his loss on a meaningless show. Although that's exactly what WWE would do. Would be, you haven't beaten this guy since he's been on the main roster. So you make him lose a match that means nothing and he'll get no revenge for because they, they're on different brands. So maybe I should pick Shinsuke, but Damian Priest is my pick there. Uh, we're going to move into the tag title champion versus champion match. Uh, RK Bro. Uh, the Raw Tag Team Champions take on the Usos, Jimmy and Jay, the SmackDown Tag Champs. I think this could be fun. Um, now, they've started to tease again. I feel like, again, I feel like it kind of comes and goes. Tension between RK-Bro, which I think we've all been kind of waiting. I thought it was going to happen way back at SummerSlam that they were going to... Well, no, I think they won the titles there, but I, I was thinking 
it wasn't going to be long. I'm, I'm shocked that they haven't turned one of them heel. Um, I honestly, I'd rather Riddle turn heel because I think you could do some things there, but it's going to be Randy when he turns. Let's be honest. That's just where they slot those guys. Um, does it happen here? Probably not because you still are going to have them as the raw tag champs, but I think the issues continue and I'd be stunned to see them beat the Usos at this point. So I'm going to go the Usos winning this match, uh, the bloodline, you know, standing strong kind of thing. You, we'll talk more about that when we get to the main event, but um, I'm going to go the Usos, but I, I think this could be a fun tag match. The, the thing with these matches is the stakes, as we're going to talk about, I'm sure as we move on, there aren't any, doesn't matter, but they could be fun in ring matches. So I'm going to go Usos. Yeah, Usos are my pick as well. I think I think the idea behind keeping the bloodline strong uh, is part of here. And, and it, I don't know that that gives away my pick for later because I don't know really honestly who I'm going to pick in the, in the main event. Um, I, I, I'm leaning, but I, but, I, but I really don't know. And yeah, I, this is this should be good. I, I, I wish I wish that there was something on the line. I wish that you know the brand that wins gets X, and whatever X could be, I don't know. Like I haven't given it that much thought. But if if you gave me as a as a consumer as a fan one more reason to care, I care more than I do now. And maybe WWE just doesn't doesn't bother to think like that, right? They they think hey, the personalities are what's going to get you these. Maybe one-time only matches, you know, are why people will tune in. Okay, that's short-sighted in my opinion, but whatever. So, yeah, and I, I, I've always been a huge fan of the, the Usos, so I'm, I'm ex- very excited to see them square off against Orton and Riddle in just a straight tag. And they've had some stuff on Raw the last couple weeks. Uh, but this will be fun. Which there's a question. Uh, the new rosters took place took effect back the end of October. Why are the Usos on Raw? I know it's to build this, but but explain it. Like, take two minutes and explain why they're here. That because we're in the build for Survivor Series, the brand, you know, if they, if you've got a match on Survivor Series, the brand, the roster, you know, whatever doesn't doesn't apply to you until after Survivor Series. You can be on either brand, you know, to face your opponent or something. I don't know. Come up with something in 10 seconds that tells me why the Usos can just randomly appear on Raw. Even if it's that stupid rule they made about, you know, uh, each each brand can send somebody to the other brand four times a year when they have a corn on their left toe or whatever the stupid rule was about. Um, Krabby Jim's back. Look out. Um, But just give me a reason. That's all I'm asking. Just give me a reason. Tom, you get the first pick on the women's elimination tag Survivor Series match. Sasha Banks, uh, this would be Team SmackDown. Sasha Banks, Shotzi, Natalia, Shayna Baszler, and the newest member, Tony Storm, after they uh, put Aaliyah on the team and then randomly just removed her because I guess she wasn't good enough, even though they put her on the same person who put her on the team, decided she wasn't good enough for the team. My head hurts. Uh, Versus Team Raw, Bianca Belair, Rhea Ripley, Liv Morgan, Carmella, and Queen Zelina. So one thing I was thinking about when we were making the last pick is, you know, how how will WWE book this when you when you think about brand supremacy? So so I'm gonna yep. I'm gonna dive into this match and talk about booking uh, and with some, with some things I'd like to see. 
to try to skew more positive than not. So that way we can actually have a hopefully a good conversation or a better conversation than just crabby Jim and uh, angsty Tom. Um, <laughs> so do do will WWE want a brand to be strong by the end of the night? That's that's the question. I don't have, I don't know. You have six matches. Right. So there's no guarantee of a non-tie. You know, if there are seven matches, you go, okay, well, somebody's got to win. There could be a 3-3 tie. Yeah. And and going back to <laughs> Survivor Series of 19, which was the Keith Lee breakout and when NXT was involved, I feel like that was the last time that I really gave two craps about WWE. I know that that's not true. I know there's been things that have happened since then. And also the pandemic right. imp- impacted a lot of that. You're not their fault. Nonetheless, like that's like the glory days, and and it was two years ago. So, uh, anyhow, for this match, I'm excited to see Sasha Banks with Rhea Ripley. I don't think that they've matched up before. I, at least I feel like they haven't. Perhaps they have. Perhaps they've you know been in a rumble together. But that seems to be like a cool um, you know squaring off in the ring. I really like Shotzi Blackheart, or AKA just Shotzi. So her against Bianca, her against Rhea, that would be a lot of fun in my opinion as well. I don't know how they feel about Shotzi. Uh, Surprisingly, again, she and Tegan Knox were the ones that came up together. Shotzi's still around, so they clearly see something more in her than they do in Tegan Knox. Um, Tony Storm, we've talked about her many times on this podcast in what she could be and what she clearly isn't. Uh, And it's not it's there any fault of her own. It's literally just the WWE system either not having a clue or not caring or a little bit of both. My pick here is going to be the SmackDown women. So Team Sasha is going to get the win. Uh, and that and it'll probably make more sense as I make more picks to kind of, you know, demonstrate where I go. The, the, one, the one raw loss that I'm going to be interested to see how it happens will be Bianca. If, if Raw ends up losing this match, because I think you have to still protect Bianca Belair a little bit. Um, yeah. So I'm kind of in the same boat as you. I, I'm glad Shotzi's got this opportunity. Um, I am glad that uh, Tony Storm has this opportunity. Again, like you, I think you said, Tom, uh, you know, start and stop booking to the nth degree with that that woman uh both on nxt and on smackdown um other than in the uk early on i just feel like they haven't figured out what to do with tony storm and i don't get it because she's really good in the ring she's a beautiful woman she's marketable she's not bad talking she can talk for you know do a promo i i just like storm should be a star i don't i think that that feels easy yeah, uh, so let, let me jump in real quick and just make a make a comparison that I think makes some good sense. Jamie Hader is, in my opinion, not the talent that Tony Storm is. Tony Storm, I care so much less about than I do Jamie Hader, and Jamie Hader is part of a part of a, a trio, and, right? And, like, she, right? I mean, it's crazy. Totally, um, and. And while I don't think they've made Hater out to be like a world beater or anything in AEW by any means, I, I agree. They've at least made her seem a little more important. Tony Storm, okay, I guess she came out and 
stood face to face with Charlotte last week. But other than that, they haven't done anything to build her up yet. Now maybe maybe she becomes maybe she's the sole survivor of this whole match. I'd actually love that because you'd maybe you'd be you know putting something behind her. It might not matter a week or two later because they'd have her lose to Aaliyah or something stupid. Um, and, and Aaliyah, let me just bring that up for a second. So they bring Aaliyah up to the main roster. They bring her originally to the Raw brand. She absolutely never appears on Raw. They trade her to, or they draft her to SmackDown. Um, and then they don't really do anything with her there, except they put her on the SmackDown team. And I'm like, okay, she has like a weird backstage thing with Jeff Hardy. Um, and then they just pull her off the SmackDown team, basically. Now, maybe this is leading somewhere, but I, I don't have enough faith to believe that. How many times in the times in the 68 episodes of this podcast that since we've restarted it, have we said, maybe this is going to lead somewhere and it doesn't lead anywhere. <clears throat> so I don't have any faith they're doing anything with that. Um, in fact, I wouldn't have been shocked to see Aaliyah's name yesterday on that list of releases. Um, good for her that it wasn't. Wouldn't have been shocked. Uh, on the Raw side, this, this is just weird to me a little bit. I like Liv Morgan a lot. Um, again, I think she's gotten way better in the ring than when she first came up. I think she's grown leaps and bounds in the ring. She's marketable. She's got a, a unique look. Um, and yet a, a, a um, what do I want to say? Traditionally beautiful look too. I mean, you know, so she's completely marketable. She's good in the ring. I like Liv a lot. So I'm glad to see her here. Nikki Ash not being here is just weird because you have a women's tag title and you have half of them on the team, but not the other half. And they really haven't even, best I can tell, talked about that much or played that up a whole lot. I think they did a little something on Raw with that this week. But um, Carmella and Queen Zelina seem to be their kind of nemesis right now or their their uh, next challengers, maybe even the next women's tag champions. I, they care about that women's tag title so little that I don't know why you or I should either. Um, but so you've kind of got that feud. So I'm, I'm guessing Nikki is involved somehow here on the outside or, you know, or Carmella and Queen Zelina beat up Rhea Ripley at some point. And Nikki comes out to help or something like that. But it's just weird to have half of your women's tag champs on this team and not the other half. Uh, I'm going to go team raw. The funny thing is I originally wrote down SmackDown, but I think I did that because I forgot Bianca Belair was on raw. Um, so, so I am going team raw because Bianca is who I'm, I'm picking for them to, uh, highlight and end up being the sole the sole survivor or a survivor. Honestly, if I was them, honestly, if I was that, if it was me totally booking Bianca, Rhea and Liv would be the survivors, uh, the way that they've booked things because they've had Liv kind of challenge Becky. I would, I would have Bianca and Liv be the, the survivors for raw. Uh, I think you need to continue to, or if you have live lose, have it because Becky's music hits and she gets distracted or something like that. If you're going to go that direction, uh, but I'm going to go team raw on this one because of, because of Bianca, I wouldn't be stunned though. If it's Sasha on the other side, I think it really comes down to those two. Um, and, and I could go either direction on it. Um, again, we always joke about our fantasy wrestling league. Uh, I would rather have team SmackDown win because I have Sasha, but uh, I think Bianca gets it. Um, I don't believe that's strong enough to make a move and pick up Carmella or Queens Lena or uh, yeah, those are the only two that I owned on that team. So I don't believe in it that strong. Let's go to the men's uh, SmackDown, uh, SmackDown, the men's elimination survivor series match. 
uh, Team SmackDown is led by Drew McIntyre, Jeff Hardy, King Woods, Happy Corbin. God. I, I like Desolate Corbin and, and Down on His Luck Corbin. I hate Happy Corbin and not in a way that, not just in a kick his butt way, like get him off my TV way. And their, their partner to be announced later, uh, I would assume tonight on SmackDown, they'll get that straightened out against the Raw team of Seth Rollins, Finn Balor, Kevin Owens, Bobby Lashley, and Austin Theory. Okay. Okay. Let's talk stakes first before I say what else I was going to say, since I have the first pick on this one. Stakes like like, like uh, Angus beef? I, that would be nice, too. I'm a little hungry. haven't had breakfast yet this morning. Uh, a little steak and eggs would be really nice. Um, King Woods, Xavier Woods, brought this up um, on Twitter, Instagram, somewhere. I'm not sure. Um, he, he thinks that there ought to be something on the line here. And his idea, I don't love, but it would be better than nothing. His idea is the five people on the winning team should be uh, numbers 26 through 30 in the Royal Rumble, and the five who lose should be numbers one through five. My slight problem in that is you're giving away 10 spots in the Royal Rumble and naming who those 10 will be at one through five and 26 through 30. And part of the fun of the rumble is what number is who's going to come in at what number. And you're taking away a third of that if you do that. So that's part of why I don't love that idea. Um, now a few years back, and I, I can't remember what year it was. Um, it was quite a few years back. Probably. I remember they had one of these SmackDown raw and the winning team. Each person got to be GM for a week and they all got to book the show for the week. And of course they booked themselves into like title matches or big grudge matches or things that they wanted. And then they booked some other stuff, you know, for the people they were feuding with to face big show or, you know, something really hard. Um, okay. That would work. Um, maybe you do let the soul survivors pick their number for the Royal Rumble, which of course they pick the later numbers. Um, maybe, maybe you do that. I don't know. You could do something, make this count for something. Um, so I think Xavier Woods is, it's interesting, Xavier Woods has made that comment, Becky Lynch, we'll talk about in a little bit, has made the comment that there should be some sort of stakes between her and Charlotte. Um, the stars get it, the superstars get it, I use their word for it, the superstars get it, why can't Vince? It's not that flipping hard. Um, I also feel like these teams, and, and on the women's side too, because of the whole Leah thing, I feel like they threw together these teams and then had another meeting and went, oh wait, why did we do that? We should have done this instead. Um, this men's team originally had, originally had Ray and Dominic Mysterio on it. Uh, double check that list there, Tom. I don't see Ray or Dominic listed anymore on there. Uh, they took Dominic out and put Bobby Lashley in because they needed all world. Adam Pierce said, I need all world champions, former world champions on this team. Cool. Okay. I, all right. I can, you're giving me a reason why you're doing that. I, I can't say. I love it, although I like Bobby Lashley having a spot. I, he should have one over Dominic. Sorry, Dominic. Um, your time will come, but Bobby Lashley should be on this card. Seven days later, Rey Mysterio can't make it. And Austin Theory gets put into the spot. What? Nothing against Austin Theory because I like the guy. I no. like the talent. And, and I'm okay if they're... Again, I'm going to say if their plan, they didn't have a plan. Who am I kidding? But if their plan would have been to put Austin Theory in that spot, I'm fine with that. But then don't say that you need all world champions seven days before that. 
Like, just say Dominic. And you, know, you know who? You know who's a great omission? AJ Styles. And I was just going to say, so you want all former world champions? You have another former world champion sitting on your roster, who is not on this card. Yep, AJ so Styles like or Ray. Right, and now we don't have another person to put in there. Granted, you could dust off Goldberg or somebody too and put him in there if you had to. Although he's worked more than his matches this year, and I don't want to see let's, Goldberg in this match. Let's not dust him off. Let's leave him on the shelf. <laughs> right. Um, or here's a funny idea: you have former world champions that you cut, like Bray Wyatt, Braun Strowman. Just saying. Um, yeah, nothing against Austin Theory. I like that he's getting this spot. I hope he gets some some shine in this match. It isn't just like the first guy, you know, eliminated. Um, and made to seem like he's unimportant, like they did with Walter a couple years ago uh, in 19. But uh, I just, I don't, that annoys me. It annoys me the, the way that they put these teams together. That all being said, Drew McIntyre, I like him a lot. Jeff Hardy, he'll have a spot or two. I used to like Jeff Hardy a lot more than I do now. I just think he's kind of done. Xavier Woods, I've enjoyed the new character, the bits I've seen of it. I think he's very, very talented. Corbin, Please get him off my screen. Um, Seth Rollins is great. Finn Balor's great. Kevin Owens is great. Bobby Lashley is great. And Austin Theory, I have, I'm high on Austin Theory. I think I think they've got something in Austin Theory if they bring it along slowly. I don't think he needs to be rushed. So in ring, this should be really good. I'm curious to see who that TBA is from SmackDown. I, right now, nobody's jumping to my mind as a glaring omission from SmackDown, but I'd really have to look through the roster to to make sure I'm not missing anybody. And if you think of someone, Tom, by all means. I wrote um, three names down. Okay. I'll be interested to hear those. My pick though, quickly is just going to be SmackDown. Cause I think Drew McIntyre is who you're building here. Um, I, I think it could be really good. Um, but I, I think Drew McIntyre is the one standing at the end. Well, and we, maybe We have different picks again, which is great. Cause I have team raw. Um, I think this is the Seth Rollins build uh, because Seth Rollins will be going after Big E. Uh, and that's already it's already like in line. However, I think this although Kevin Owens also involved further in that. that. Yep, yep, yeah. I, th I think I think longer story runs using this to help extend that. Uh, so for the SmackDown fifth competitor, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say I do think it's also interesting. They've pretty well positioned Finn, I believe, as a babyface uh, since they moved him back to Raw. Um, but otherwise, you have all heels on that side right now. Seth, Kevin Owens, Bobby Lashley, and Austin Theory. I just think that's interesting. Usually, there's a little bit more of a mix. Um, now, when they put this team together, Kevin Owens was a babyface, so they probably thought they had a mix. And then somebody woke up one morning and went, oh, let's make Kevin Owens a heel today. So we'll do that. Um, and now they have a mostly heel team. So curious about your three thoughts on SmackDown. Yeah, so the three talents I think could be the TBA. Colby Kingston is the easy one because of sense. the relationship to Woods. Uh, Seamus, I don't know if he's injured. Maybe he is, but Sheamus I believe he returns this. I believe Ridge Holland said he was returning this week, and it seems like they're going to do something with Ridge and, and Seamus because Ridge has been talking about how much he idolized Seamus or something. And I'm guessing he's going to kick him in the face, probably. But okay, and that's the other guy. Ridge, I thought, I thought if you wanted to make someone Ridge Holland, so I'll, I. I could live with any one of those three. I, Cesaro would also, I think he's still on SmackDown. Um, not that they've used him at all, but at least he'd be a talent that I'd be interested to see in the ring. Um, so, uh, so okay, so Raw is your pick, though. Um, yeah. 
with Seth Rollins being the the reason. It's going to be really ugly when we come back after the holiday. Uh, <laughs> either either like I'm going to be in a big hole, or I'm going to have pulled even, or who knows. Well, and I think these last two matches are, are pickums as well, because um, I can make a valid argument either direction. So you get the first pick, Tom, on Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair. Yeah, so I'm having a hard time with this, not only because I think like both are positioned well, but there's that backstage like drama. Like I, I, I don't doubt that either one of these ladies can work professionally, hmm. and they're being forced to clearly. <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, but but that but like will will the tension that exists the real life tension that exists or that we I believe at least I believe exists become an issue here or 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 impact the quality or the way the match goes or the creative uh, don't know like I, I I would have to say no I also think Charlotte Flair is probably counting the days going, I can't wait to be done. I want to be with my, I want to be with my fiance, my husband, whatever he is. I want, I want to go, you know, show Britt Britt Baker a few things about how to be a a true world champion. She's got a lot of days to count though, because she signed for like two or three more years. Yeah, she could, she could be, uh, she could get fired for cause. I don't know. (laughs) There's the, you know, Charlotte Flair only fans. Oh, oh. Uh, I mean, I'm just throwing it out okay. there. I mean, <laughs> this isn't two spot monkeys after dark. So I'm just, it was, it was, it was the closest thing I could, there. I could think I could think of for her to get uh, fired for yeah, cause. I mean, she could just get fired for Twitch like Zelina did. We didn't have to go all the way to OnlyFans, but you know, <laughs> well, saying, Twitch would have been an option there, Tom. But hey, that's know, all right. I don't know if Shark Flair is a gamer, so I can't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't have that context. Uh, I'm going to pick. Charlotte Flair here. And, and 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 I'll give you more reasoning on that as we go. I, I I think she needs to be strong coming out of this because whomever is her next challenger on SmackDown, like that that having her be the 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 entity is the important thing. The raw scene already does kind of seem clear with Becky remaining raw champion. Bianca and Liv both kind of being in the wings. Also, Flair winning here gives longer-term story to Becky chasing her when she decides to not be a jerk and when Becky Lynch becomes a, a, a baby face again. Yeah, this is going to just work. It, there could be a bloodbath one way or the other because I'm going Becky Lynch. Um, I just think the way this has been set up, Becky's got to gotta get this win. Um and I feel like, you know, WWE likes to do things, I don't know, likes maybe is the wrong word, does things in ways that to punish people when they think they've been wrong. And I think Becky has definitely looked at the as the one who was not wrong in the situation that happened with the stupid title swap um, and, and everything that happened there. And, and Charlotte's, you know, had some other stuff. Um, so I just feel like it's going to be Becky in this match. I, if you're going next, I feel like Bianca is the one they're going to keep her strong, but they're not. It's not Bianca's not next on Raw. I think Liv is next on Raw, um, and if Tony Storm is next on SmackDown, nothing against Liv and Tony, but neither of those are. Oh, you better keep the champ strong because you know otherwise they're going to look weak against 
Bianca or Sasha, let's say, who I think are the next um, tier down after Becky and Charlotte on each. If you had a number two on each show, I think Bianca and, and Sasha are very easily those two people. Um, Tony and Liv, you know, need some building on, e on, on each side to get them to those levels. So I don't know that either one of them gets hurt uh, by the loss. I could also very easily see this going to like a double DQ um, or some sort of no contest. Um, I'm not brave enough to make that pick, but I could see that partially because you do want to keep, you know, if they want to keep them both strong and partially because um, of the, the, pa the backstage stuff. But we haven't seen a lot of that. That feels like a cop-out when you're doing these champion versus champion matches. And we haven't seen a lot of that at Survivor Series. They've usually put somebody over, even if it's meant nothing the next week. Shocking, because that's not a WWE trope. But um, so anyways, Becky's going to be my pick here. Um, you said you had some more to say, though, on Charlotte and Becky? No, no, no. I'm going to, my justification for why, or my reasoning for why I'm picking Charlotte will, will play out in the next match. So that means uh, Big E and Roman Reigns is what we have left to pick. Remember, we do still have AEW conversations, so don't just turn us off after Big, Big E and Roman Reigns because we're going to be happier later, I promise. Um, Big E and Roman Reigns, I'm going Big E here, but I'm going Big E by DQ. Um, and I think it's Seth Rollins and or Kevin Owens that causes the DQ, and Roman just kind of picks the bones afterwards. But I, I'm, I'm going to go Big E because... I don't think you could put Big E clean over Roman in a non-title match. I think when Roman takes a pinfall loss, it's gonna, you know, it's gonna need to be for the title, and it's gonna Big E would be an absolutely great person for it to be to make even further than he already is. We've talked about that numerous times, um, but I don't think you do it at Survivor Series in a match that means nothing with no stakes. Um, I think that would be a waste of Roman's loss. I, I also don't think you want to pin Big E clean. I just don't think you should do that right now, or even unclean. I guess they could have Seth or, or Kevin Owens interfere, and that's what causes Big E to lose, and I wouldn't be stunned by that, and I almost went with that, actually, and picked Roman. But I'm going to go kind of what they did on SmackDown a week or two ago here with Xavier Woods. In the record books, Xavier Woods beat Roman Reigns by DQ. Xavier Woods didn't beat Roman Reigns. He didn't pin him. He didn't make him submit. Xavier Woods beat him by DQ. I think they're going to kind of do the same thing here, and I'm going to go Big E. That's a risky pick. It's going to be probably my one on the confidence level when we do our picks on the Fantasy Wrestling League. But uh, And my guess is you're going to pick Roman Reigns, and we're just going to have all sorts of things all over the place. But, Tom, what are you thinking? Yeah, I am picking Roman Reigns, and I was picking Roman Reigns before your pick. Even though I like your I like your rationale and your reasoning, and I'll tell you more why I like it uh, if, if what I think may happen happens. Um, what, so in my pick of Roman is because, A, I think he does come out the strongest. I also think that SmackDown then does get the bragging rights. I, I don't know why, because probably because it's the Fox show. I feel like SmackDown is the, the the larger brand in the eyes of WWE Vince McMahon. Whether they want that to be or not, I, I believe I believe that's the reality. I, and I, I I think I won't I wouldn't be stunned at all if you're wrong because I I have it raw four two, and that doesn't feel good to me at all to be perfectly honest. Like, if I'm looking at it from that angle, which I should, because they're going to keep score, they're going to tell us the score along the way, even though, again, score don't mean a dang thing, um, so it's not like anything's on the line. I, I don't feel good about Raw 4-2. Well, and so not only that, 
SmackDown four two is my pick there. Not that we're that that, that has any meaning here. It's just right. contextual. If it happens and it's tainted, then Raw comes back and goes, Well, really, like, you know, Biggie was gonna pin Roman, Seth and Kevin Owens got involved, because I do see them getting involved. I see them being the reason that Biggie loses. Uh however, however he loses. Um, and, and and it's and it's so that both of those guys, because I think Kevin Owens is a is a Monday Night Raw title challenger in the month of December. Seth Rollins, maybe Rumble. Um, I don't think sooner. But like them both being day one. They yeah, there you go. Day one. Thank you for that. Um, yep. Those them being able to kind of like tease him and taunt him with, you know, with this. Oh, well, you couldn't beat Roman Reigns, even though it's their they're the reason that they he didn't beat Roman Reigns. Uh, and then of course Big E, then of course I'm I'm justified in in fighting you and I want to come out and not only just defend my title, but get retribution um for that's the second time retribution's been mentioned on the show. Oh my gosh. Um, for for the loss at Survivor Series. All of that being said, if Big E does win, uh, I think that you quickly forget about that because I don't know if you saw or heard, but Roman Reigns was on Jimmy Fallon on Wednesday. And Jimmy Fallon in the interview teased that there's a rumor that The Rock could show up at Survivor Series because it's 25 years of The Rock. He debuted at Survivor Series 25 years ago this week. There's always been a longstanding rumor between uh, Roman and The Rock. Uh, and WrestleMania two days in Dallas is coming up in April of next year. Uh, hard to say there's a bigger match that you could put together than Roman Reigns versus The Rock. So if The Rock is going to come and show up on Sunday, Roman, I could easily see him losing. And it and whatever and not mattering because the transition spotlight goes right to his interaction with the Rock. Should that be the case, I don't know. That would be pretty amazing. That would be worth noting and coming back and talking about. Um, also, Jungle Cruise, really good movie. I, I'm looking forward to catching that at some point. I've got Disney Plus and, and looking forward to seeing that. Um, the Rock has said he is not working WrestleMania next year. Now, do I totally believe that? No, um, because what's he going to say? Oh, yeah, I'll be there. Absolutely. I'm fighting Roman Reigns. No, he's not going to do that. <laughs> so I kind of chuckled when I saw the headlines. Rock says he's not working WrestleMania. And I'm like, the sun also came up today. Uh, like, it, of course, he's going to say that right now. It hasn't been announced. Um, he had, like, he's a worker. Hello. <laughs> like, are you believing what a worker's telling you? Um, so that's so I, funny. <laughs> I, I hope I my intent is to watch this show live on Sunday. Um, not because I really care about it, because I haven't done that in a while. Um, and I happen to be free Sunday night, so I'm just gonna sit down and, and take it in. Um that would be a fun that would be a fun pop. Uh that I, I would enjoy hearing, you know, if you smell what the rock is cooking. Um, come on. So we have spent an hour on WWE, Tom. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Um, we're not going to spend an hour on AEW. We're not going to go double Broadway, I don't think, today. But um, but uh, just to recap, though, we have four differences on this show out of six matches. We had ten matches last week in full gear. We had one difference. We have six matches this week. We have four differences. Um, I don't have all goes, of our history, but I don't know the last time we've had that many differences. It's been a while, I feel like. Yeah. It's been a while. Usually it's kind of two-ish, uh, maybe three um, on those bigger. And, and usually those are more on the 10 or 12 match cards. 
um, I, I would bet four out of six, whatever that percentage is, what that's two thirds. So 66%. I don't know if we've ever been that different. Um, so th and I this could have easily, to, if I wanted to save face and keep this, like, keep, keep it really tight. I could have just mimicked the picks when you picked first. It might right. not, we, we could have been closer. If I'm going down, I'm going down in a blaze. So, <laughs> right. Well, that's the thing. And, and actually, because we have four differences, if we go two and two, we could still be right at one match difference. Um, you know, if I'm right on two and you're right on two of those. So um, I think it'd be interesting to see, or you could be up three or I could be up five. Um, it could be the other direction too. If one of us is perfect on our picks, uh, we're trying to guess WB creative though. So if one of us is perfect, I'm not going to say that's because we're brilliant. I'm just going to say, Blind squirrels found nuts at that point. So um, let's talk about something that's not quite so blind squirrely, though. Uh, let me get rid of the ticker there. And uh, that's Full Gear and AEW. Tom, you saw Full Gear. Um, I have yet to see Full Gear. I know everything that happened. I've read the reports. I've, you know, I've seen most of Dynamite. Um, I think I mentioned that earlier, but I've seen most of Dynamite this week. I think I just have the main event to go. Uh, Team Taz just came out to talk to Dante. Uh, Martin, which, by the way, I got to say, this wouldn't be a, a full gear thing. Dante Martin and Leo Rush, I'm, I've not been a big Leo Rush fan, um, mainly because every time I think I start getting into him, he ends up retiring and leaving. Um, so I think part of it is just like, I don't want to get into somebody because he's going to be gone in a month. And maybe that happens again, but they're a really fun tag team. I'm just saying, they're a really fun tag team. And I kind of like this... Uh, Everybody wants to recruit Dante Martin, you know, almost like the Macho Man Randy Savage back in the 80s or Bam Bam Bigelow in the late, you know, slightly later 80s. Um, everybody kind of wants to get their piece of the next star that they see rising. I kind of like that storyline. Um, but, Tom, you saw Full Gear, so I'll let you kind of start the conversation. Uh, thoughts? We didn't talk about how we want to talk about this. So. Yeah, no. So I don't I, I think it's just going to be kind of just the, the the big things that stick out for me. Uh, number one, not a fan of Bleacher Report on last Saturday night. Uh, I have Bleacher Report app through the Amazon Fire Stick, and I logged into it during the buy-in, and the audio and the video were horrible buffering. I, I was like, hold on, is my internet screwy? And I went around the house, and I have got one child watching Disney+. Plus. I've got my wife streaming something on HGTV, we have clearly the bandwidth that can support this. So I, I, did, I did a network check on the TV that I was on, said very good strength. So I'm like, son of a gun. So I was looking forward to watching the show on a big TV, and that didn't happen. I ended up switching and watching it on my laptop. Nowhere near as ideal of a situation. Less comfortable. Um, I did not stand during Eddie Kingston and CM Punk like I hoped I would because of the big fight feel. Still had a big fight feel. Just I was in a different setting, different room. That's 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 a negative, and 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 I hope that as they continue to rely on Bleacher Report as being one of the entities where you can access this show on pay per view, that that is a change going for. I know that I'm not alone. I know others experience that as well. Um, and that's going to be my route because it's less expensive than traditional pay-per-view. If I would have ordered through my paper, my cable provider, I would have paid more. I'm not, I'm not interested in that. $50 is still $50. And I assume it's because it's a Warner pro, um, pro, uh, product. There we go. Get the word out. I just don't understand why they don't utilize fight in the U S as well. Like maybe have it on both. 
but and it, and it was I, available on fight the day after. So like, if I wanted to be, if I if, if I didn't want it to be a destination on Saturday, which I did, I could have waited and ordered it on fight, and I had great experience on fight. Now, granted, I did not watch all out live. I watched all out on demand uh, about two days later, day and a half later. But I had such a great experience watching it on fight that I opened they op I opened the door on Saturday with with the expectation for this that it was going to be the same, and it didn't match. So that was that was a that was a negative for me. Outside I, of that, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say I can tell you I've watched numerous things live on fight and never had a problem. Like sure. their their thing has worked really smooth. Um, so yeah, big fan of fight. Out, outside of that, the overall show was very very good. I don't think it was as good as All Out. It was close. I think All Out was in a different just in a different realm. And that's that's my opinion. If you don't if if you are listening and you don't agree if you felt like this surpassed it, great. I hope it means you enjoyed the show. And that and that's right now in my opinion AEW is really the only North American product, big time product that's that's giving you something that you can really truly sink your teeth into and enjoy. The best match for me was Darby and MJF. That was unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. Bold to start the show the way they did with that match, but they absolutely delivered. And the story that they told, oh my word. I hate MJF. I love Darby. And they that only fed into it as the night went on. Uh, and it will continue to go because I know we, we're going to bounce all over because this is AEW more than just full gear. MJF had a great promo backstage from Full Gear that they showed early on Dynamite, and then they had the CM Punk MJF interaction because that's all it was. It was just an interaction, and that was so like I know we talked about it. We go when that happens, we're gonna go. Oh my gosh! And sure enough, we didn't. They didn't even give us anything, and I was like, oh my gosh! So I can't. And the fans were going, as Pat Patterson used to say, the fans were going banana. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, the other highlights on full gear for me were Punk and Kingston. Really great big fight feel. I wish that that was the match, the only match that had blood. Uh, I didn't really appreciate the blood in the Super Click and Jurassic Express match. I also really didn't like the blatant. Uh, I think that was ref, Rick Knox, like Rick Knox getting the blade ready for Adam Cole. Like I don't know if you notice when you watch. It, I don't know if you'll be able to pick that out, but. Um, that was very clear to me. Um, granted, this is this is a guy who back in the day when I watched DCW, I always used to watch the referees and figure out where they were taking the blade from, or the wrestlers for that matter. Why I cared so much, I don't know. Um, Steve Carino, you're to blame for that, I believe. Uh, the blood in the Punk Kingston match on its own would have been would have made blood more meaningful. Now, granted, I know Adam Page blood in the main event, but that was him getting the cut from Wednesday reopen and it was not intentional it was not part of the story of the match so so that's that's that and and i don't know where they go next clearly they can go somewhere else with punk kingston they're not uh you you know you've got eddie kingston and daniel garcia and 2.0 that appears to be kind of going to catering love that line well and and, and the best part when when the promo is going kingston's like is my food ready oh my food like like and it's and then also like the fact that he keeps getting interrupted on promos so when they eventually Maybe that's nothing. Maybe it's just him being him and he's, you know, just using his gift of gab. But I hope that there's a promo eventually where he goes, I wasn't interrupted. Awesome. Right. So, <laughs> um, 
He's so good. He's so good. He is. He just absolutely. Um, I, I was not a fan of the Minnesota street fight. Kind of like wah, wah, wah. Like, and the fact that all of the gimmicks were things that were invented in Minnesota, that's how it became a Minneapolis street fight. Like, mm-hmm. that's kind of lame. Um, I feel like, so it's interesting. I, I hadn't heard that piece. And, but the minute you said it, I was like, oh, that's Chris Jericho. Like Jericho tries sometimes for me, tries to be way too clever. Um, and, and the Bucks can do it too a little bit, but but Jericho is the one I don't know why that really sticks in my craw with him. Like, I don't know. I feel like he tries too hard sometimes. And some people just love everything Chris Jericho does. I'm at a point where I'm kind of ready for Chris Jericho to go away, but um, but that's just me. And and so when you say that, my immediate thought was that's Jericho. Yeah. Uh, the only other two comments I'll make. I'm thankful that Daniel, uh, Brian Danielson won. Gosh, we almost do it every week. Uh, thankful that Brian Danielson won over Miro. It was a struggle of a match. I, I did, It didn't really click with me. Uh, I've watched it twice now. I don't know that it could have been better helped with different placing on the card. I wonder, I wonder though, if it could have. So that's, that's, that's the one thing I'll say there. And then I love what we've gotten out of Brian Danielson transitioning to Wednesday when he both confronted Adam Page and then he is now seemingly going on the I'm going to destroy the uh, Dark Order member by member tour until he gets the page, which I just eat that up and love it. And Tom, you and I, because of our our history with Ring of Honor, we're going to talk a lot about that in the next month, I'm sure, uh, have seen Brian Danielson and Colt Cabana go one-on-one probably a number of times, probably a lot, certainly have seen it a number of times. And live, I can think of a couple of times in Chicago, I think that I've seen that match. If I would have told you back then, 10 years ago, that someday we were going to see Brian Danielson versus Colt Cabana on TNT, would you believe that? Yeah, no, not at all. (laughs) No, not not at all. I might have believed Brian Danielson would get there. Well, A, I don't know, WCW was probably dead by then. So I probably would have been like, there's no wrestling on TNT. Um, I Colt Cabana on TNT still just blows my mind and I'm happy for the guy. Yeah, I hope that they I hope they get like 15 minutes next Wednesday. I really, really do. Not only because A, I love Brian Danielson, but I think that's a great spot that Cabana can really, 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 really show more so than what he's been able to do in AEW, that he's got tremendous in-ring skill. So that's gonna be good. Excuse me, the last thing I'll close out with. Actually, no, I will say one more thing. If you would have said to me, hey dude, uh Dollar to a dime, Jay Lethal is going to be the first uh, Ring of Honor talent that shows up. I'd have been like, cool, I'll take that bet. Because that was not who I would have expected. I would have loved to have seen Brody King, like you mentioned, or someone else. And then nothing, nothing in Jay Lethal. But okay, that's the one guy. That's the, or that's the first guy. And, and, and who knows? Maybe that's the only guy. We'll see. It's also kind of ironic that that means that no Jay Lethal for final battle, I believe. He, he has said he will not be a final battle, yeah, which is interesting. Is well, and when you think about what they've done on TV recently as well, so sorry to jump in with, jump in with Ring of Honor for, from last week. Did you have the chance to watch that with the six-man main event? I didn't. I've seen the highlights on week to week, but um, no, my stupid Sinclair station decided to show Pure versus Violence, that episode again. Um, Weird. Lately, I haven't gotten it to record right. Like it, I'll end up getting only the first half or the last half of the show because the game, whatever football game they're showing runs long or, or whatever they're showing runs long. And I keep forgetting to like record the things that come after it just in case. Um, 
although annoyingly I only got the last half of the show a week ago, a week or two ago. And so that means the show started early, which I'm like, that that shouldn't be a thing. Why is that happening? Um, yeah. And this week they reshowed the pure versus violence episode. So um, I, yeah. And I have the ring of honor app on my Roku so I can see the previous week's TV show as of Monday morning around eight or nine. Um, so no, I haven't seen it yet though. Okay. Well, Long this, answer this, to say no. yeah. The, and the reason why I bring that up is because on TV, they're posi positioning Jay Lethal as being whether, whether, whether these are red herrings or, or actual like things. And, and they're, they're trying to kind of weave that mystery into this, that Jay Lethal is against the foundation. Like he's tired and he's sick of the foundation and Vincent is clearly playing mind games but it's impacting the members of the foundation. Now we know Gresham is getting the world title shot at final battle. So that kind of removes Gresham from what could have been like a Gresham lethal kind of swan song, but now lethal not being there at all. Like, what does this do to that story? Like, does it, does it just simply say that, you know, do they, do they say the, the, the righteous took out Jay lethal or, or, or the foundation, you know, severed ties and he left or whatever they do. And however they say it, it's going to be really interesting because I think they were heading one direction and now they're going to have to pivot because of this move. Well, the interesting thing is I don't know if he was at the TV tapings that they just wrapped up that lead into Final Battle. And I've actually read there's two new episodes of Ring of Honor TV that will air after Final Battle, which is weird. It is um, so weird. And I'm, I'm very curious to see, are they follow-ups to Final Battle or are they just kind of random guy versus random guy matchups, which would annoy me. The Christmas uh, gimmick match or whatever that one is. Oh, that probably is going to be in there, yep, which, okay, whatever. Yeah. Normally that match I enjoy, but the fact that Final Battle is the end of Ring of Honor as we know it for now, I don't know, that kind of annoys me. And, and this isn't a Ring of Honor conversation, but I, I would agree with you. I wouldn't have taken that bet. Um, I, I, you and I would have been on the same side of that bet, I should say. Uh, there were also stories that the Briscoes were backstage at AEW um, on Wednesday, don't know that those were ever confirmed or denied, but there were rumors. Um, Trisha Dora was and, and Willow Nightingale and Joe Keys all worked Dark Elevation as well. Um, so definitely some Ring of Honor connected talent. Um, there was somebody on the Ring of Honor experience page that said, "Well, there goes Trisha Dora's match for this weekend." I'm like, "Dude, that was taped months ago." Like, Ring of Honor isn't live, buddy. Right. Like, what are you talking about? He's like, well, would have been nice if they would have asked her if she was available for final battle. And I'm like, you, maybe they did. You don't, you don't know that they didn't just because she appeared on dark elevation. Doesn't mean she's being signed by AW. I'd be thrilled if Trisha Dora got signed to be honest and Willow. Um, and just because they signed doesn't mean they can't appear at final battle either. They could work that out in their deal. Lee Moriarty, after he signed with AW worked that ring of honor show um, that he was signed for. So, the, yeah. the sky may be falling in Ring of Honor, but I think sometimes there are people, and we've talked about the experience group before, how sometimes some of the stuff in there is just... It's cringeworthy. Or as the kids say, it it's, it's cringe. cringe. Um, or mid, <laughs> as MJF likes to say. <laughs> <laughs> the main event was, was really good. Uh, you know, Not the wrong move in having Paige win. You know... I, I was I I wasn't again very high in my confidence pick for Kenny Omega even though I I was stunned by your pick to be honest that okay. really surprised me I really yeah. thought you'd go stage sure so again it's one of those things where you know AEW has pretty much proven that if you read the tea leaves they're gonna get you to the right path and so that was my my error in judgment of not picking up what they were putting down I love when you do watch this 
Adam Page has a, has a pretty awesome entrance before he enters the arena. That that, that that's kind of like a pre-tape type thing. I read a little something about that. Yeah, I'll have to. Yeah, it's awesome. So, um, question for you, and and maybe I shouldn't spoil myself for this, but did Kenny ever hit the one-winged angel in this match? I know he I know he fought out of it at least once. Did he hit it though? Because they've made a big deal for the whole length of AEW that nobody's ever kicked out of the one-winged angel. And man, this seemed like the time that Adam Page would have been the guy. If you were going to have somebody kick out of that, he'd have been the guy to do it. I don't think he did. I, okay. and, I, and, I, and I could be forgetting that. I mean, there was, a, so that's the thing. Like, I, I feel like I, that would have been a huge thing that Excalibur would have like lost his mind over if it happened. Yeah. Um, JR might have, you know, forgotten that it ever happened. But, oh, but actually, I, I said I didn't want to talk about this, but I'm uh, one more thing. JR in the opening match literally said that Darby Allen and MJF are two of the pillows of AEW. <laughs> not not pill not pillars. Pill- well, they're probably those uh are they aren't they are they two of the wrestling buddy guys? I can't remember what AEW's calling them, but like Cody, Luchasaurus, MJF, and Darby, maybe? I think Darby is, but I don't think MJF is. Like, I know Oklahoma had a bad football game last Saturday, and JR <laughs> was probably lamenting after that. But, bro, you are a professional. You have to show up ready to commentate. Although I will say I defended JR. Uh, you may have seen it in our in our uh, friends group that we, we chat about. Um, one of our friends called JR out for, like, three or four times saying – Daniel Bryan instead of Brian Danielson. And I defended JR and I said, if you listen to two spot monkeys, we do it all the time. Now, granted, we're not being paid what JR is, um, but it is easy to do. And JR's initial exposure to Brian Danielson was for years in WWE under as Daniel Bryan. So I'll give him a pass on Brian Danielson. Pillows? No, not gonna give you a pass on that. That's just and, 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 and it's like and it's funny because like he doesn't even and maybe he thought he said pillars, and the audio just caught pillows. I I don't know. Pillows? I, was it pillows? Was it Dusty Roads? Yeah, I don't know what it was. So, all right. So we we'd like to do this. I and we've done this after the last couple pay per views. So next up is Revolution. What do you g- give me your opinion today with what you know about what you think Revol- the top two or three matches that Revolution will have? Before I go there, let me just say um, from Dynamite, because I ha- again, I've read everything from Full Gear. I loved that when Adam Page came to the ring, um, the star on the ring really annoyed me, by the way. That needed to go away. That it was, I thought it was even a CGI thing at first, and then it was just in the way. It was weird. And one star, like, what is that? Um, I get, was it a badge? Like a sheriff? He's not sheriff, he's cowboy. That's different. Those are two different things. I, that was terrible. But, um, I love Johnny Hungy being the one to, to introduce him. John Silver's just got a crap ton of charisma. And total aside that has nothing to do with this, I still, and I brought this up, I think, when it happened, if they don't book Braun Strowman for a one-off and have some sort of incredible Hulk thing where John Silver walks into a room and comes out as Braun Strowman, um, you know, and all of a sudden he's the, like, jacked version of John Silver for, like, a minute they're missing the boat. I just, you know, I don't want to see Braun Strowman full-time in AEW to be perfectly honest, but um, man, that would be, that could be really funny. Anyways. Um, I just think they look enough alike. I love that when Hangman Page did his promo though, the crowd was chanting, you deserve it. And he said, no, I didn't deserve it. I effing earned it. 
Um, and I love that the crowd immediately switched their chant to, you earned it, you earned it. Um, <laughs> I was like, that's when you know somebody's got the crowd right there. And he definitely has them. Um, so I, I like that. I, I do. Okay. So to go to your revolution question, I'm not a hundred percent convinced, I, you know, like 80, but I'm not a hundred percent convinced that Adam Page is the world champion at revolution. Um, I think, and I've said this before, I think on here, I think the money in Page, I, Page strikes me very much as the homicide run in, in ROH. Um, although homicides was more of a thank you for everything you've done. You know, you've been the, uh, you've been one of the pillars of ring of honor and, and page is very young. So it's not that. Um, but I think the money was in the chase with Adam page. I'm, I'm not convinced that there's money in a long Adam page title run. I could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, I like page, uh, I didn't, you know, in, in Ring of Honor when he was in, when he was the, what was it, the Hangman 3's young boy or whatever, um, and everybody was saying, oh, he's a future star, I didn't see it. When AEW made him one of their first kind of featured people, I was like, we'll see. He's won me over. He's he's absolutely getting there and, and gotten there. I'm fine with him winning the title. They told a great, talk about long-term storytelling, they took two years to get to this. And while, yes, there were times where I didn't like how they did it, in the end, it worked. Like, in the end, so kudos to AEW. And I said, maybe it'll work in the end, and it did. It absolutely worked. It didn't feel like, well, it's a year too late now that you did it. It worked. So I'm not convinced Adam Page is the world champion, but let's just play Adam Page is the world champion at Revolution. Can you stretch Brian Danielson all the way? I don't think you do. I, I think Brian Danielson gets the title shot at a winter is coming kind of show in January, in February or December, January, or my guess right now, if, if you said, Jim, give me the day of the Brian Danielson title shot, January 5th, TBS, the debut on TBS. It's That's New, right. New Year's smash, New Year's bash, whatever they're calling that. Or they, do they have a name for it. Okay. I missed that. Um, but they did that last year. They had a new year's bash. That's when, that's when Phoenix and Omega had their match. Am I correct? That sounds right. Okay. Sounds right. Which was a banger. So I would go MJF, Adam Page. Because okay. MJF is already talking about the world title now. That, yeah, the promo when he's backstage, he does the whole, like, the belt thing. So Yep. Okay. I would go MJF, Adam Page. I would go, if Kenny is back by then, because it sounds like Kenny's going to have to have some surgeries. So it's a little bit up in the air how long he's out. I would go Kenny Omega, Adam Adam Cole as my next because I think there's going to be some definite dissension. Well, they already teased it. It was, it was it was great. I loved how they right. teased it on on Wednesday, and and it was so indirect and offensive to Adam Cole, but in the same time, it was like it it was so gosh, it was so well done. Just and I can see Adam Cole very much saying like this is the best version of the elite or something like that along the way. And just having things that when Omega comes back, I'm, I'm guessing Kenny Omega is going to be the baby face when he comes back. Um, because I think you're, you're going to get that pop regardless. Um, so I, if, if Kenny Omega can be back, I'd go Kenny Omega, Adam Cole, and then let's put Brian Danielson in something against, Oh, what the heck? Let's go Danielson CM Punk. Okay. I'm going to say Danielson will be the champion at, 
the next pay-per-view. And I think that Adam Page gets a rematch. Okay. Because I do think the title changes on TBS uh, between now and then. CM Punk MJF and... I like the idea of Omega and Adam Cole, but I don't know. And it probably would make sense there. I don't, but I don't. I don't want to co-op your pick. Um, so I'm going to say Omega and the Bucks versus Cole, Bobby Fish, and someone else, um, because you're going to see the, the 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 foundation of the elite plus and then some will really be starting to see um, the idea of a. Brian Danielson, heel, babyface Kenny Omega, world title match at double or nothing. Oh my gosh, salivating right now. Yeah. Yeah, I like that too. Uh, I did, I, I should say also in that promo, I liked, um, you know, Danielson was his cocky self, but I like that Paige said, you know, actually I beat Kenny Omega and I, I did it less than 30 minutes, if I remember right. Like I thought that was, that, that didn't, because Danielson coming out as the arrogant heel, you got to have Paige stand up to him. You can't have Paige just go, well, yeah, you are the veteran and, you know, oh, it's a, a nice guy. No, you got to – I love that line. I thought it was a great line if it was scripted, you know, which I'm sure it kind of was, you know, like, hey, whoever came up with it, whether it's Paige, Danielson, uh, Omega, Tony Khan, I don't care. Great line. Great line. And delivered perfectly by Paige. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see. I, I, I AEW is just clicking. Right now, I did not watch Rampage last week because I didn't, didn't think there was a whole lot I needed to see on it. Um, Rampage this week, though, um, you know, I mean, who doesn't want to see Darby Allen and Billy Gunn? Oh, wait, I don't. Um, but Cole and Fish against Jurassic Express, I think, or the Jurassic Express or Christian or one of them. I, I think it's Jurassic Express. Okay, I thought it was too. Um, it, Cole and Fish together again. I mean, that was, and I love Bobby Fish's little, I like their little like wink and nods, but not outward things. Yeah, like he Bobby, almost did the undisputed era hand gesture. Hey, we can't do that here. That's <laughs> yeah, great. It was so good. So <laughs> good. Like, I love those little things. Um, when it's wink and a nod, and it's that, I don't mind it. When it's, I'm trying to be too clever, um, the Chris Jericho stuff, that's when it bothers me. I don't know. Maybe that's not fair, but. Um, maybe it's just that I like Adam Cole and Bobby Fish more than Chris Jericho at this point. Um, it could be. Um, but I, the Jurassic Express against Cole and Fish, I feel like, yes, please. Um, that sounds really, really fun tonight. Um, yeah, Darby and Billy Gunn. I I know it's not going to be a long-term thing, or God, I hope it's not, but Darby Allen went from MJF to Billy Gunn? I guess maybe we just got to put him in a holding pattern for a little bit. It's uh, yeah, it's a one-off, I think. But we'll yeah, see. it's just it was a little it was a little weird when that was the match and MJF goes on to have a face-off with Punk and Darby Allen goes off to have a face-off with Billy Gunn. Like, which one of these is not like the other? Um, hey, some some pillows are more firm than others, Jim. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, <laughs> Billy Gunn's a well. Anyways. Um, I mean, it's, you know, hey, at least after the gun club had their heel turn, it took them six weeks to get back on TV or eight weeks or 10 weeks or whatever it's been um, to get back on TV that's not dark or dark elevation. But uh, AW's clicking for me. I mean, you and I both talked about it. It's that's if I don't get a chance on Wednesday morning to start 
NXT, which I, I have now started to have a little more time in the mornings to do that. Um, if it's Thursday morning before I get a chance to start anything, I start Dynamite first. I mean, I want to watch Dynamite before I even worry about NXT. Absolutely. There's no question in my mind. Um, it's not even close anymore. And if I watch, I'll watch NXT before I'll watch main roster. So heck I'll watch stuff on Peacock before I'll watch main roster at this point. So <laughs> I haven't seen the 1988 survivor series in a while. Let me put that on. Um, anything else to say about AEW? I, you know, we, I feel bad that we only gave them 30 minutes compared to an hour for WWE, but you know, it is what it is sometimes. And I think we're going to have more AEW to talk about here as we move forward. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. The energy level towards AEW is very high. It remains that way. Uh, they are, they're not without flaw, but they're sure. doing so many great things that the flaws are easy to gloss over unless, unless it's super egregious. So like, again, I would say Darby Allen, Billy Gunn, arguably it could be a flaw, but, yeah, but it's, it's, flaw. It's, it's, it's not because it's, it's, you, you kind of know what's going to happen there. And, and I was going to say, as long as Allen beats him in less than 10 minutes, it'll be fine. Yeah. If they go 26 and then it's epic, you know, Billy Gunn almost beats him six times. I mean, they only got an hour, so they're not going to do that. But then I'd have an issue. But And I agree, though. I don't expect any wrestling company or any entertainment thing, any TV show I watch to be perfect. But hit more than you miss, and I'll be willing to give you the pass on the misses and be like, you know, well, that was a stinker. But this other three quarters of the show was really great. Um, that's, you know, instead of... I'm hunting and pecking in WWE to find the one or two things that I'm like, oh, that's pretty good. Um, and then they just got crap all around it. I, and I guess my problem is, and, and we could go on and on about this, but I just, it's hard for me to care when I feel like WWE doesn't care because I, they're not making it seem like I should care. Yep. And that's, where, really, that's really it. Where it's not that hard because again, CM Punk Eddie Kingston's a perfect example. They built that in three weeks, like three, like two, three weeks. And they made me care so much that at some point here, I need to sit down and watch that match. Like, if I miss a WWE match, I don't usually seek it back out unless unless somebody goes, oh, that you really need to, that's the one you really need to, okay, fine, then I'll go watch it. But I want to watch Punk and Kingston. I want to watch, you know, they told a two-year story with Hangman and Kenny. I want to see that. Uh, you know, they told a tournament. They had a tournament tell a story for Brian Danielson. I want to see that. Meanwhile, I look up and down the card and I go, this could be an okay card for a Survivor Series. But do I give a crap about anything on there? Is there anything that makes me go, oh, yeah, I need to see that. Maybe a little bit Becky and Charlotte just to see how the uh, the personal stuff works. I mean, you think back to that Charlotte Nia match where they were just kind of potatoing each other back and forth. Um, so there's a little bit of a almost train wreck quality to want to see that match. Like this could either go really well, this could be just, God awful, which would be weird with two talented women, but um, maybe a little bit other than that, I don't care. Yeah. That's, well, that's... I know I know we're going to take a break next week because of the holiday, so everyone enjoy their Thanksgiving. Uh, miss us, please. Fingers crossed. We hope uh, we'll be back early December with uh, our next episode, and we'll be able to maybe talk about Survivor Series uh, and, and maybe things that did catch us by surprise um, or that that still resonate with us. And I'm sure there'll be a lot more to catch up on that actually will have to be uh, our pick them for TakeOver or for um, War Games. 
Yeah, because so, it'll be the if we record on Friday, it'll be the two days before War Games, which will be good though because that gives them two more weeks to uh, to flesh out that card because they haven't uh, officially announced anything for that card at this point. Yeah. So um, they'll have two more weeks to flesh that out, which is good. Yeah, that'll be our pickums. Um, actually, our with our break next week, our next two episodes will be we'll have head to head picks in them. It won't be the only thing I'm sure we talk about, but we'll have War Games and Final Battles. So we will we will finish up our head to head in our next two episodes, and then the results obviously be. Um, the following week after that, after final battle to finish up this half season of the head to head. So uh, four differences going into this weekend. So it'll take two weeks for us to come back and one of us maybe to be gloating a lot or, uh, or us to just be like, yep, still one match and we'll see what happens now at war games and final battle. Uh, I echo what you say, Tom, what you said, Tom, everybody have a great Thanksgiving. Enjoy your Turkey or ham. Weird people that do that instead of, (laughs) um, but uh or whatever if you eat pizza i don't care just be together with family friends um you know football. things to be thankful for football my bears playing your lions justin fields let's go baby um bear down take care of those ravens this week um annette just said happy thanksgiving same to you annette absolutely and thank you for always chiming in and uh and being such a great listener and a friend let's be honest a friend beyond that more importantly than listening to this silly yeah, little podcast. I was listening back this week. I was traveling a little bit um, and I was working on the road and I was listening to last week's episode, um, you know, thinking about, hey, how did how, did we sound intelligent before previewing Full Gear or not? Uh, <laughs> the question I'm could always be, did, 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 did we sound intelligent or not? Uh, it could, could be the, just a single answer. But then I laughed in my head. I, I thought of Annette as like the producer behind the scenes. You know, because of her, her her ability to correct us or to add one more tidbit uh, when she does join us live. So, producer Annette, thank you. She's she's the best researcher we got because we've said our team stinks. So, she's the best researcher we got. Thanks, everybody. Have a great Thanksgiving. And uh, we will talk to you again in two weeks here on Two Spot Monkeys Live.